Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. This is very cool for me because I've been listening to your show and now it's like, now I see the guy right here. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Tone, can we get oh, his, uh, can we get the, whatever uh, we can do with his audio? Ken's a pro. Ken does this every day. Is it all how you want it to be? Is it all? Yeah. You're the, you, he's a pro. I, I trust. Be one too. This is your I trust to, like, Ken sure. with everything that I have, that he will be set. That's, that seems like. a little much. I trust him with everything that I have. Yes. Okay. He's one of the very, like, I trust him. I trust Lawrence. Um, I mean that was like more touching than your wedding vow, right there. It, oh no, nah, I had the bars on a wedding vow. You kidding me? God what? God did. What? I had the bars. I'm getting that thing printed out in front. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's gonna be our, that's our Christmas gift. That would be that would be your takeaway from the wedding. Would be uh, not 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 the beauty of the moment or. You know how Stephanie looked, but like I killed it. Yeah, I nailed it. Oh, I just I mean, that's that wedding. Mm, that was the, that's that wedding. all the work that I that I had to do that day. I only I, well, I had to show up. That was part one, and then I had to make sure my vows were crisp and pristine. Yeah, I suspect that was part of the problem was that you thought that was the only thing you were supposed to do that day. I'm sure there were like many more things on your list that should have been. Nope. Once once we get to that day, it's out of my. It, it's above me now. <laughs> it's a, it's above me. So. I would love to, I'd love to hear your wife's take on that. <laughs> I tried. To, all I, I got to do is write this little vow. Big deal. <laughs> I mean, all the all the hard stuff was done before that. That was nerve wracking. On that day, I really just tried to be in the moment, enjoy you, Jason, enjoy Ken, and everybody that showed up to show love, and just try and live in the moment and be as happy as possible. Which I was. You, you did it. Yeah, you did it. Okay. Well, Ken, you clearly know what we're dealing with today. Let's get the show started. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure, your host. Uh, Kenneth Davis is in today from NBC Sports Chicago's Under Center podcast. You can find that uh, Wednesdays at 5.30 p.m. Is that when that's released or is that when you're on TV, Ken? That's when we're on television, Jason. Okay. So you have the podcast, and uh, you're also on TV there, and you have the that that Davis Show podcast, Correct. which I've been catching up on, and uh, <laughs> it was just been cracking me up for the last couple of days. That's um, great. Yeah, really hilarious. You know what? And and it immediately confirmed Tony's suggestion to bring you on because I was listening to it, and I'm like, all right, this guy's funny and smart. That's perfect. Thank that was not I the criteria it. for hiring. Tone, but that is generally 
what we go for on the show. Also, of course, Tony Gill there giggling away on the boards he's producing today. Um, Tone, I feel like while Russ has been on break and Russ is coming back, I believe, in two weeks. Uh, he wanted to be back uh, by today, I believe, but um, we already we had some scheduling conflicts. Uh, I think since Russ has been on break, the show has skewed way older. Mm. Like, I'm very glad to see somebody much closer to my age today <laughs> in Ken. Uh, we had Mark Potash on last week. That's like that is literally my dad's my dad's age. Uh, Billy Gill, definitely more in my age group than you guys. And Cam Wolf, Cam Wolf's younger than anybody that we've had on the show, but Cam Wolf lives more in that, like, you know, 40 year old suburban dad world <laughs> that I live in. So I've enjoyed, I, I felt, I have felt a little more like uh, I speak the language the last few weeks, the last month or so than, uh, than normally. Um, Sports Jason is brought to you as always by our friends at Sheets and Giggles. Oh man, I feel bad for you if you missed out on their big Black Friday sale, but we got you. You can still get a huge discount on the mattress. The mattress is a great, great gift. If you're married, if you you know have a, a partner that you live with, like you're getting a present for them and for you if you get this mattress for Christmas. And Tone, you remember you got yours like it comes all rolled up, so you yeah. could actually. I guess if you got like big enough wrapping paper, you could actually wrap this thing and put it under yeah, the tree. No, nobody's going to know what it is. It's going to be very confusing. It's going to, they're going to spend a lot of time trying to figure it out. But if you go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA, you can get $230 off their mattress. No promo code needed. Uh, just uh, go by, by our link and it, the discount will be applied automatically at checkout. By the way, man, like the mattress is the big new thing, but their sheets, we always talk about their sheets and like I'm ready to give in and put the flannel sheets on the bed. We live, all three of us live in Chicago. Um, I don't know where you're listening to this from, but the bottom dropped out of the temperature this week. Ken, are you all right, man? Because like we know it gets cold and it had been chilly. Ken hates the cold. It had been like, me too. It had been like 40 to 50 the last couple of weeks. This morning it was like 20. Wednesday morning just plunge down to 20 you all right man listen i started doing some work i usually i work remotely with my jobs from the basement and i have a space heater in the basement and i was like man i think i have to turn this up and the old lady gets home and she's like you left the heat on 71 it's 20 degrees outside the house the heat in the house but i never want to turn it up because i work remotely and i don't want to burn that gas and spend that money or whatever there we go i, I knew outside. we had a cheap dad on here like me oh, for yeah, sure buddy. Like, listen, yeah. I went outside and I'm I'm doing I'm doing my windshields at the gas station and the wind is whipping through me. And I'm like, my my hands are freezing. Right. I pull out my I'm like, dude, and I always say this, Jason, it makes no sense to live in a place where if you took a nap outside, you die. Like, just to be honest with you, it makes no I could be in Los Angeles and sleep at Malibu Beach and be right. straight outside of someone assaulting me. But if I I was like, damn, it's cold. I'm going to get my kids. I want to park closer so they don't have to walk. Even though in my head, I'm like, dude, you just have to walk home. They'll be all right if they have to walk several cars to get to you. But yeah, today was one of those days where winter definitely hit here in the city of Chicago. And I dislike it, to say the least. I don't see myself uh, living here in my older years, because I'm not going to spring a hip in the streets of Chicago. I, I agree. Big picture that I, I'm I don't really know why you'd live here unless you already love it here. Like I do. I grew up here. Tone, I know you'll never leave. 
Ken, did you grow up here? Yes. I mean, you have personal attachment to this place. Right. But I I, I could make an endless list, um, especially this time of year, of how difficult it is to live here. Dude, I got out of my car today and I was like, these pants aren't warm enough. And then I was like, what kind of what I'm wearing? I'm wearing regular pants. Like in what world is that a realization that my pants are not warm enough? What are you supposed to do? You wear a jacket for the top. Like, am I supposed to be wearing snow pants come December 1st? Just wear extra pair of pants. No, no. And I'm not a long job, Scott. Tony, you're right. Like, you're right. When I lived in Miami, Ken, and I would come to cover uh, football games and stuff like that in cold weather cities like Chicago in the winter, Boston, places like that. I would wear like thick running tights under my dress clothes because it was extremely cold to me coming from there. Um, but that's not normal tone. That's it's like living in the Arctic. Yep. It's like living underwater. Uh, you got to make extra it. provisions for this. Like you got to have an air tank. I Come love on, man. it. I, en- I enjoy experiencing. I don't believe any person the- that ever says that Ken. I don't believe anyone who says they love the cold. We all, we all love this place and yes. we tol- we tolerate winter. There's, there's, there's no one that actually loved if you say you love this winter I you do. are lying and we're I, not even I, in winter i like it right i like we're not it. even officially in it yet i i like it because it toughens you up like i had to wait for trains i had to wait for buses out there um it's i don't know it's like if you if your kid's soft move to chicago stay a winner here let them take public transportation it will unsoft them with that's what to do it. That that's what to do it. it. It teaches lessons, Ken. Valuable <laughs> lessons to children being raised okay. here. My daughters are very soft. When we lived in Miami, I had a strict rule with them. We there is no complaining about the heat, and in summer it gets rough. Uh, but I was like, if you guys complain about the heat, we'll we'll move to Minnesota and see how you like that. And then I <laughs> I moved us to Chicago anyway, and so we do we do not have a rule. Uh, we do not have a rule about complaining about the cold. I'll let them complain. You can, but that's okay. Here, here's my thing, too. You can always get – it's faster to get warmer than it is to get cooler. Like, I I can I cannot stand overheating. Like, it's, it's I'm the worst. I'm with you on – I'm with it's you on – I don't like extreme heat. I don't like – and the older I get, the further that you can tick it down. Like, 80 is, like, really the perfect kind of – temperature for me if you're talking about 85 to 90 especially depending on the humidity no 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 i don't i don't like it i don't want it i want it to be somewhere where it's not that humid so maybe arizona but something like that but if it's humid i I feel like i can't breathe don't let me have a cold like i i I can't stand that either to be honest Mm -hmm. and miami right now is as warm as it's ever been right now like ever, it's still like in the 80s. Miami's Miami's hot all year. There's parts of the year where Miami's the only part of the country that's actually hot. Like it's not hot in Tampa, but it will be hot in Miami pretty much year round. I'm with you, Ken. I want to. I think a lot of people would say like 70 is perfect. Like San Diego. San Diego is known for being 70 and sunny. I want to like feel it a little bit. I want to feel a little bit of heat. I, I don't want like quite as cool as what most people consider perfect. Like 80 to 85, even like upper 80s i want to feel a little bit of that heat on me i look this is the thing i don't want it to be where it's it's like in 70s where if i'm in the shade then i'm actually kind of cool if i'm dressing for the summertime like so that's where it's like if you bring it back into the 70s and that's like i don't want to be cold out but again i don't want to be too high into the 80s to where i'm sweating also let me ask you this are you a t-shirt in the summer guy 
What do you mean? Do I wear teeth? Right. Do I? Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, see, but a lot of people, like I've met people that will ask me, like, why do you have on a t-shirt? It's the summertime. And I'm like, one, it's like body control. It's also, what if I sweat? I don't want my shirt to look like I'm some type of animal. So like I'm a like so again, I'm layered already in the summertime because I'm usually not just, hey, I just throw on one shirt. Not to say I won't do it occasionally, but I will have on a t-shirt under my shirt because it's just how I the, the type of vibe that I now have I see how, what you mean. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm thinking like only a t-shirt. That's it. Like that's what I'm wearing. Also, I thought you know, no, no, yeah. no. I, I didn't think you were out there shirtless, like Jason shirtless in the streets. No, for bare chesting it. You're one it's of those guys. A, it's been a long time long, since I. Like it's that, been Jason. a long time since I had that. It's been a long time since I could do that confidently, and now I think I'm in that stage where I I'm trying to stay in reasonably good shape for 38 and uh, over like employed plus you know very busy. Uh, and kids and all those obligations. But I think I am, even if I'm able to maintain some level of good shape, I am probably just hanging on to the point where I'm old and don't care before I start going shirtless outside again. There's old, I have old, old neighbors. Neighbor. Old, that's yeah. what they do, man. <laughs> that's old neighbor, like, I got old neighbors that they, they would go naked if they could, I'm sure of it. <laughs> For sure. I'll step yeah, any outside, ex- any excuse at all to go in outside shirtless and in some way too short jean shorts. Listen, if it's to grab something and it's mm-hmm. early in the morning and all I have on are my briefs, I oh, will step outside. Oh, they, to grab they, they, they give him some cheek Respect action. Respect me. They, Respect they me. Cheek Out the front door? Um, side door, to be honest with you. It's, okay. it's side, that's right. a side door thing. That's not a front, not the front door. Never the front <laughs> door. But side door draws. Okay. I think, right, but. I think if Man, I lived, if you if I lived alone, I probably would. If I lived alone, I could probably do that. But I've got a wife and daughters. Oh, yeah. We, daughters. We're friendly with our neighbors. So, like, everybody, yeah. if, if I am seen going out into the lawn in the front yard in my underwear, uh, every other people in my house are going to have to answer for that. And I don't want to bring that okay. up. <laughs> No one sees me. And no one, let me say that too. My next door neighbor, she couldn't really see me. Kind of how her <laughs> windows are set up, she couldn't really see me. So it's not one of those things where I'm doing it and it's like someone's going to be able to observe me. But regardless, if you drive by and you catch this, I mean, also they're not, it's, they're not tight. It looks like perhaps from a distance I have on some shorts. But if it's yeah, really if quick, if you're wearing like, boxers, you could get away with that. Maybe. Yeah. If it's a package being delivered and I'm like, Yo, I gotta run upstairs and get this, or let me just grab this. I'm dude, I don't care. Like I'm a I'm a grown ass man. They say I'm older now. Who cares? All right. As long as I'm not doing anything where I'm revealing myself in a deviant right. manner, mm-hmm. I'm good to like come on. You know, along those lines, like something I just thought of that my wife always gets upset with me about, Ken, is like if we stay at a hotel, she always gets upset with me about not closing the curtains. And I'm always like, nobody can see in here. Who's, who can possibly from the, see in from here? From the window, from way nobody up Nobody can see in so here. Much. You're on like the 30th floor. Even if you're at like a, a Hilton Garden Inn or something, you're on the second floor. Like, they can't see in the windows, right? Tell me I'm right. I can't stand it. It's like, who is this voyeur that you're so afraid of that's following yeah, that you too. everywhere? Like, right? who's, like who's waiting in the parking lot with binoculars and knows which room yes. is ours? It baffles me. It's like, dude, we will be on the highest floor. Right. And she will not want that bad boy to be open. It's like, dude, first of all, live life. All right. <laughs> if, if someone catches like, I'm, I'm going to tell you. So we went to the Dominican Republic for a wedding a long time. This was the last real vacation we went on. This was when our son was two. All right. Uh, daughter's six. He's 13 now. 
So we went there and they had one of those like tub tubs on the outside for you. If okay. you don't, and it was dark, no one, because if you don't think I was going to get in there naked, you don't know me. <laughs> all right? Like, I'm going to experience, I'm not, I did not come all the way down here to act shy and no one could see me. I was in, it was pitch dark on the back of our, um, kind of apartment of where it was but yeah i'm gonna step out because dude i'm i'm at this age who cares i'm not doing anything i'm i'm gonna do me but to your point still jason yes i can't stand it we'll be on wherever we're at and she will want to close everything but I, you know what I, it's i'll say this i complain but it's probably better than someone who always wants to put it out there for everybody to see something That's that'd fair. be scary that'd be scary too that'd be a lot to manage i'd say yeah. I, I think the key to the whole conversation is people can't see you. Right. Because, like, okay, you have the – if you could see me, like, you have the right not to see me walking around indecent, but you can't see me. Mm-hmm. You can't see, who's looking through these hotel rooms? Like, I mean, unless right. somebody is really trying, then that's on them. Like, I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm in a safe space. <laughs> I'm, with you. I'm with you. Somebody is actively trying to – Somebody could do that go. at your house. Someone could do it's that at like, your house if they wanted to. If this say, if you want to see it that bad, here it's yours. It's <laughs> <laughs> old Wu Tang. It's yours. It's yours. This doesn't seem like the best time to mention another sponsor, but Sports Adjacent is also brought to you by BetMGM. You can download the BetMGM app or go to betmgm.com and use our promo code Adjacent200, and you'll get this deal. If you bet $10 on any NFL game, there's six weeks left in the NFL season, uh, you win an extra $200 in future bets if either team scores a touchdown. Just use promo code Adjacent200. Bet MGM, the king of sportsbooks. How difficult or easy is it to transition to forcing other human beings to do what you tell them to do because it's not like a natural like thing we don't just make people do something that we need done or something like that that's just not a natural thing so like how was that transition for the both of you as you started having children one, I have to factor in the trauma that maybe I've been through and mm. be cognizant of it that I don't throw it out or even if it does i'm like yo dude no um so i'm i'm, I'm also i kind of have i'm trying to remind myself that they're young people and young people are gonna do stuff you know what i'm saying like because sometimes you'll be like yo i'm i'm kind of I'm, I'm coming down too hard you know what i'm saying i'm asking for everything to be perfect and i'm not perfect you know so that's kind of what i usually fight through with not trying to be a taskmaster um, and try, let them be young, let them like, let them run around, even though I'm in the basement. So it's boom, 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 boom. But it's like, <laughs> they're in the house They're What are they supposed to do or whatever? But so mm-hmm. I, I try to, me personally, I try to balance it out. Um, but also I, I want to set, I want to set guidelines for them that helps them kind of understand their shit as they get older. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. they, so it's easier for them to navigate through life. Hopefully that's kind of what I think I'm trying to do after them myself. That's the key part of it. Like your entire job as a parent is to prepare these kids to be adults and staying on them all the time doesn't really accomplish that. Tony, this is so pointless of a conversation to have with you because you're Mr. Control that kid, control that baby, shut that baby up, (laughs) like in all situations in public. But that isn't how we could. We all could, especially when your kids are young. Like you can you can, quote unquote, make them behave because you have all the power. 
but that's not like that's not what you want to do so the key that's not what's healthy for them or like prepares them to be teenagers or later on adults the key is really knowing when not to do that the key is really Mm -hmm. to facilitate rather than dictate and it's probably tough for all of us because i think every generation gets softer than the one before (laughs) and like not that i was raised in a particularly uh you know overly strict or overly tough household by my parents but my parents came down harder on me than i do on my kids and i'm sure it will just continue to go that way my dad will tell stories about what it was like when he was a kid that it was a lot different than how i grew up and so you have you have this challenge of trying to navigate of it's a very fine line of discipline versus facilitating their growth and you can't really use the template of how you grew up because things change so much every 20 years so no weapons no we don't no we don't do that we don't do that and i I, I got that (laughs) i got that as a kid and uh ended up not in jail so can't say that didn't work up to it you know but there are other ways I think, I think you- also, but see, I think, okay, this this is a very complex conversation, right? Because I'm also, I'm preparing my kids for a world, like I have a son and I'm preparing him for a world to where, and we got it, we didn't get into it today. But one of the things that I we are on him about is he enjoys being on his device as soon as he gets in the car. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're 13. And I know probably because we spoil you that, we're probably going to pick you up from high school, but you may have to be on mass transit and you do this. And that's one, something that people want to steal. And it's, it sets you out to let people know that you're a Vic as far as being a victim. And I grew up in the streets of Chicago. So body language and a lot of that stuff meant a lot as far as keeping me safe and protected. So like, that's, that's one of the things where sometimes I feel like that, you know, we're hard, hard on. And then to go along with, you know, just how do you act when you're in you're in coming contact with authorities? You know what I'm saying? Like, so that is that's another thing that we you have to kind of have that discussion with them, Um, because I was I had man at this age, you'll say at my son's age at 13. I already had the cops putting me in the back of police and I didn't do anything. I was just young, black and there. You know what I'm saying? Like I, they see me running down the street. It was like someone's house got broken to a block away. Get your ass in the back of the police car. Like it was <laughs> stuff like that to where it's like, so those are kind of the conversations. And in a great way, my kids don't know that because they, 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 are, they haven't been outside. Like I was outside. I was outside, you know, like I could stay out. Like my, my, my dad, who was a pretty much a great parent, sometimes because I was responsible, they gave me too much leeway. <laughs> like I could be mm-hmm. outside at 1 a.m. in the morning at staying with my mother sometimes. But even with my dad, I could be outside till 1130 at midnight at sometimes. And this is still in grade school that I'm talking about, junior high or something like that, where anything could happen. So and I would leave the house at like 1130. Now, we don't we live in a world now where I don't play like that. My kids. Right. I had a friend of mine tell me he still lets his kids do that and they're safe. And I'm like, that's great for you. But um, I'm not. I'm keeping my babies in the house. <laughs> but, uh, so it's just, I'm just. Hey, they're. I love them, and I'm overprotective. Um, we're overprotective uh, about them because I've been places where 
um, unsupervised children do unsupervised things that you can expect <laughs> unsupervised children to do. But you have to, in general, like within within reason, what as far as what's safe, you really have to. And this is the challenge I'm having, Ken, right now with my daughters being 11 and 8 and kind of out of that little, little kid stage. It's like, I got to let them, I got to let them screw it up. However, they're going to screw it up to some extent, Mm -hmm. because otherwise they're never going to be prepared to make real life decisions. They have to be able to, they at some point are going to have to be able to decide it on their own. And so we got to start working toward getting to that. And I think I probably am like you, as far as being a pretty conservative parent, pretty careful parent. And so that's like, that's my inclination is like, just put them in bubble wrap, but Mm -hmm. that's not good for them. So I'm constantly fighting myself tone. Like you, you are, you're asking the question about how do we uh, control our kids basically. And you're constantly fighting the urge to do that. You're constantly trying to push that aside and like give them a reasonable amount of freedom at every stage. I have a lot of great example of fathers, you two included um, to kind of glean from in terms of that. Like, as I, you know, started my family officially you know this this year i need to stab you right now just to make sure is this your way of telling us that you're having a kid no okay all right all right i I, I just i like to get prepared for major things by constantly thinking about him so i'm not like in utter shock or in dismay (laughs) when things happen like that's kind of been my whole strategy for life was okay this big thing's coming up Think about it. How would I do in this situation? How would I do in that situation? How have other people done in this situation? It just to make myself more comfortable in these things, because like there's nothing I fear worse than being unprepared for something big. Yes. It's the worst feeling for me specifically. I don't think there's anything worse for me than being unprepared for something major or something that I'm, personally responsible for on a large scale like that is my worst fear it's not public speaking it's not drowning or any it's not being prepared for stuff that i'm supposed to do because i didn't think about it enough well one of the things i respect about you is that you you do seek counsel of older people like you ask me things, you ask Lawrence things. Like I know that you do that. I'm sure you ask your dad a lot of things. But, things. <laughs> but what what baffles me? Oh, good. Then this is perfect. Maybe he understands the experience that I have. What baffles me, Ken, is that like Tony will ask me about these things in a text. Tony will just <laughs> Tony will text me like so. Uh, I'll just get a text from him that says, "How do you raise a good child?" I'm like oh, <laughs> let me just answer this in emojis tone. Like what? He, he, he literally texted me once he, while he was preparing to get married he texted me how do you balance work and your marriage this is a text right right i i'm so listen yes yeah and I, yes he's definitely done that and it's one of those things where if we're having a conversation one just from us having a conversation we can kind of suss out what you really are trying to get to and also i can kind of find out what i'm really trying to say it's nothing worse than a long text and you're trying to be poignant about hey this and it's just like i'd rather just talk to you uh, <laughs> exactly but i'll say this well, right that's because we, we're old we were around each other enough to where we would have lunch a lot um so he would come up to the office where i worked at and we were just sitting there in the cafe. I know people were like, who's this dude with Kenneth? And we would just <laughs> laugh it up and huckle and just do whatever. So it it gave us that benefit. And also, he would come over to my house. 
So that's one of the reasons he has an affinity for me. He would come over to my house and we would just treat him like family or whatever because he basically is family. So it is. <laughs> that's uh, that's another thing that I think people in Chicago kind of switching topics here about like Ken, right? Like Ken has been one of the best Chicago sports voices in the city for about eight, nine years. And I don't think a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people know when you do this sports thing, sports media, sports journalism or whatever, like just the many paths there are to get there. And it's not all the same. And Ken is an example of that going and reaching places and platforms just by the sheer will of his his talent, but also his dedication and his stick to itiveness uh, to it, that I think is very interesting. Like Ken's path to where he is now has been one of the more interesting ones I've seen and you know and heard in Chicago, where it wasn't the traditional way, but somehow he ended up in the places that that he was. I don't know. I don't know your background, Ken. Like, fill me in. Tell tell me what Tony's talking about here. Oh, it's off because of Tony. Oh, it's, uh, <laughs> Tony so, Gill uh, made your career really. Tony Gill made my career. Um, right. You know, but it, it's but there's a point to that. To be honest with you, um, when you try to give your best regularly and you're good at something, my dad used to tell me that I should be in. I should be talking sports, and I remember I was so cocky that I said to my father, I don't want to talk about the topic. I want to be the topic, right? This is my arrogance. When if I would have listened to that man, rest his soul, I would have been, you know how much money I'd be getting paid right now if I would have just listened to him tell me this when I was like 19 years old? So anyway, I, at 30, um, I went to broadcast school with my coworker. He was going to go. I thought about it. Me and him had, had, had hella debates and the uh the, the office break room Dimash out to D um we go to broadcast school and we take it seriously a lot of people and I'm not disparaging any school if you're not gonna really go for it don't spend don't take that money out and and, and waste it because they're gonna come for their money all right and like I'm one of the few people that have actually made income from going to one of these places and it doesn't have to be where you make it directly from what you went there for because I saw classmates that got into video and became directors and do but a lot of people didn't do anything with it. And that's, uh, that's a, that's 10 grand, if not more that you're just messing with your credit. All right. Gone. Gone. And people don't, that's real money. At some point mm-hmm. you're going to have to be an adult and that's real money. All right. You may not look at it like that, but it's not for free. So I went there, uh, Demaz and I started a show on the, 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 the school's radio station. Um, the school's radio station used to actually have some, a couple of like real legends on there. When we started getting on there, the legends was leaving. Um, and but we were like a, a, a main factor as far as the guests or whatever. We sucked. We didn't think we sucked, but we sucked because it takes reps. I tell pe- people, and I'm, I'm not, oh, I'm not dissing anyone. I, I know it. People think <laughs> that this is what I want to do. I want to start a show and I want to get celebrity guests, and that's not bad. But you need reps. Like I, people don't believe, and because it seems slow and it's going to take time, you need thousands of reps thousands and i'm still not as good as i hope i am two weeks from now thousands and thousands of reps adjusting 
you're going to have brain cramps anyway, just in general, because you're a human mm-hmm. being and something may change on the fly while you're doing it. Right. But so we went there, we were bad. Um, we were entertaining, but I mean, I could just think about, you know, the growth. Then um, D's brought in Sydney, uh, Sydney Brown and D's cousin Kyle. And mm-hmm. then uh, going along with that, they brought us better guests, which made us rise our level and become even better. Then luck will be having in his second week at school, a young Tony Gill sits in on the show and decides that he's going to come in every Saturday morning to be a part of this show. And it's funny because I feel like it shaped one of the things of what he finds funny in in this kind of platform and this place. Um, so that's why he kind of it's one of those things where it's like if you're a producer and you have an MC and it's like he spits it how I like you'd be like mm-hmm. you that, I, I make beats for him he he makes beats I I spit on his beats the way that he likes me to spit on his beats basically he you know, he Tony has consistently latched on to the right people creatively and I don't say that in a bad way Tony like mm-hmm. like you just like uh, leech on to famous people or something like that Tony has been able he's had a very good he's had very good judgment of um aligning himself with people that he finds creative and he finds funny and that they find, they see that in him. They've been happy to have him at every stage because he's like that. Yes. That's talk about Tony and I'm come for your head. Anyway, (laughs) that's how I, and I don't do that for everybody, but I really do it when it comes to him. So um, Tony ends up and it. So this is to be like the debate. I used to be like, yo, let Tony produce the show. He's at six, seven score producing. Why isn't he producing the show? Not a knock on anybody. It just made sense. All right. So at this time, we we come up, Jason, with kind of what you see when you watch that Davis show. Uh, Kyle and I decide, and it was it was because of the, you know, Jesus and Merrill. We need a show that doesn't do sports. We need a show mm-hmm. that if we want to swear, we can swear. We need a show that talks about politics. It talks about anything that we want to talk about, right? That's and why that's- this show started was because mm-hmm. Russ and I were both working at the Sun-Times. And really nothing has changed. I'm still covering the Bears for the Sun-Times, and Russ is covering baseball for Bally. Unless there's something about baseball, they don't – that he doesn't have a place for that. Unless there's something about right. football, the Sun-Times doesn't really have a place for that. Like we need a place where we can – talk about whatever we want to talk about. And some of it is some nonsense about whether or not people can see through hotel windows, but some of it is very important. We talk about race. We talk about society. We talk about politics. We talk about a lot of important things. So that started the, and I named it the flip because it was a flip of what we were doing. So we had a show that was called the flip. We did the flip in this little studio at ICB for really like maybe four weeks. And then we were opened into Shangri-La and Tony starts bringing us a six, seven to the score and Russ's studio. Oh my God, you, we're not going back. So we end up, so we're now it went from occasionally we do it at Russ's studio to for the most part, we're already doing it. And mind you at the time, D and myself were working in building one of the Prudential building six, seven to the scores in building two. So instead of even going down to the South Loop and paying for parking, which I was paying for, we could sit there where and I parked in, in the Millennium Garage and we were fine. But we had this wonderful studio. And that's when we started meeting. Today had already known Lawrence. Um, we started because he was an intern at 670 to score. Um, so we started meeting everybody up there. Everyone was fantastic. And then the school kicks us off the air. Right. So the school Why? kicks us off. Somebody, you know, things change, and it's somebody basically—it's the—it's it was for me. It's one of the craziest decisions. Of here, you have like this budding show that's growing into something, 
you know, major at a school radio station where major guests are going in and they're like, nah, leave. Right. Why? So they told they we don't know. We're talking about it. Like, it they want to give it to a student. They wanted to give it some of uh, some student perhaps may have asked for it, but whoever was running the station at that point looked at it as they're no longer students. Let's give it to a student, which was fine. And, and, and listen, it's it's if that's what they want to do, great for them. That's what they want to do. They offered us to go out in Lombard and continue to do it. Um, we were kind of thinking about it, but then me and Tony started powwowing, and I said to Tony, "Look, get us a meeting with Mitch, Mitch Rosen, of course, who mm-hmm. runs the score. What, uh, what right. else does Mitch run, uh, Tony, outside of the score? Everything, everything, everything. Just Shout out to everything. Mitch Rosen. Shout out to Mitch Rosen." So we get a meeting with Mitch and Mitch knows we've been up there. Right. He's like, I know you've been playing in my house. Right. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to put you guys on a, on a trajectory. And he lets us sit in for Les Grobstein and Julie. Um, and then on holidays, we would come in and do perhaps another other time slots or whatever. Um, but we started sitting in on six seventy to score and having to do five hours overnight, uh, which gets your chops up when you got to do five hours overnight. Everyone always thinks stuff like that, like the overnights or filling in on holidays. Like, why would anybody ever want to do that? Well, you would want to do that if you're if you're yes. trying that hard to make it, and that's your step in the door. That you would want to do that. Go, don't stop. I've hosted you on Christmas Eve before because it's like. This is my only. Yo. This is how they're gonna get a chance. Yeah, they're not gonna bring you, you in on a, on a Bears Monday or something. Like, you take what you can get. The, listen to what he just said right there. You take what you can get and you make the best out of it and you keep going. A lot you of parlay people, it into more and, down the road. Yeah, and this I'm not saying it in, uh, disrespectfully, because um, at some point it's okay if you decide you don't want to do it. But a lot of people, because the road is longer than what they expect, and we seek instant gratification, they don't want to. They don't want to go for it. So we kept going. We kept going. I had the best teammate in Demas because um, we like we're looking at each other and we're tired. Um, it may take a minute before we get paid, um, but we right. kept going. And to have somebody in the trenches with you that was dedicated, he's all. We're you can never separate how close we are because. We were in the trenches together. So anyway, D that's decides. The old, that's the old D and Davis show, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Thank you for saying it. So it was D and Davis was the name of the show. Um, at one point, shout out to D, shout out to Chanel, shout out to Grace. D decides he just wants to be with his family, which is understandable. It was sometimes I thought about, yo, I don't know about this. And I had actually mentally had set up a clock in my head as far as how long am I going to keep going after this or whatever. Um, so D had decided to step away. I had... Um, Kept doing shows. I, I was going on other people's shows. Um, and Tony had mentioned, but Tony had mentioned prior, like, yo, things will be a chance for you up here at NBC. Um, and then after a minute, they put me on a trial basis for like, I don't know, five months. You know what I'm saying? To where it was then was like, all right, here goes some cash. But, um, there we you go. know, and I, again, but I mean, I, I shout out to Michael Allardyce and everybody at NBC. Um, you know, I'm saying Bulldog, everybody, you know, just uh, looks out and just uh, give me the opportunity. Then they put it on te- television and it's just grinding. And I mean, the grind's not going to stop. It's, I mean, there's no reason. It's not even no reason. It's like, what did you, what do you do it for? So that's how I ended up here now was just, I kept going. 
I just kept, I kept, and also I connected with someone who, and it wasn't, my intent was not to connect to Tony because opportunity would come from Tony. I connected to Tony because we both have a dark and messed up sense of humor. I think that's the only way. Um, And you should be concerned and probably talk to somebody about that. But like, I, I think when you're using people just to climb, Mm -hmm. people can sniff that out easily. Mm -hmm. Like that's never going to work. If you are trying to attach to people because you love what they do and you think that you are a good fit, like you have legitimate reasons, they're going to see that and they're going to want that part of things. If you're just trying to use them to climb, like there's, there's no smart, successful person that would miss that. They'd see that and you'd be filtered right out. I mean, the the, the reason why I I connected to Ken and Damon Spurl on the Dean Davis show uh, was I appreciated they got in early and they wanted it as bad as I did. I didn't know what my career wanted to do. I, I want, my only goal was to work out the score. That was it. I didn't know what was coming after that. I just wanted to work out the score and say that I worked out the score at, at any capacity on the radio. Cause that's what I wanted to do. And they had the same ambitions of, we just want our voices to be heard because we just enjoy having a good time and talking about our favorite topics. Um, and it, it just went from there. I, I, I just started that media journey and Dean Davis they were right there already had a you know a guideline for me to follow and listen and learn um so I'm I'm not where I'm at if if it wasn't for Ken and Demons just being a hundred percent honest I'm not if they don't embrace me and allow me to make mistakes to uh you know do some weird odd things on the radio that <laughs> that's necessarily not radio etiquette, but allow me to grow in that role. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm in the position to meet Jason leisure who has also become one of my, my best friends. Like I have no path to get to that point. So like everything that I've gotten since starting at the Illinois media school, like started with the Dean Davis show and Ken. Hey guys, Sports Adjacent is brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app. It's a great app and you can use our offer. Use our promo code Adjacent200 and here's the deal they're going to give you. If you bet $10 on any NFL game, so a game you're going to watch anyway, put $10 on one of the two teams and if either team scores a touchdown, you win $200 in free future bets if you use promo code Adjacent 200. BetMGM has all kinds of other stuff on there. You can bet on uh, NFL games, like I said, but college football too, NBA, NHL, player props, parlays, they have it all. Just go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app and remember to use our promo code Adjacent 200. That'll win you $200 in free future bets when you bet $10 on an NFL game as long as one of those teams scores a touchdown. That's it. So go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland 
today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right. I do want to get into some nonsense on this show because I've been listening to that Davis show podcast and you can find Ken uh, on NBC sports, Chicago's football podcast, and you can find him Wednesdays at five 30 on TV. You can also go get the, uh, that Davis show on iTunes or what is it called now? Apple podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I figured we already had the host of that show in Ken Davis. So why not just steal their entire construct which is you and your producer, Ryan, I don't know who comes up with these, but one of the two of you comes up with just these wild hypotheticals. Ryan does a like, lot of it. I'll like, give would him, you, give like, would you want to see the future if it meant you couldn't remember anything from the past? Or what is something you could uninvent? And these are kind of like a little bit like silly or whatever, but then they end up leading to really interesting conversations. Uh, which is a great, which is such, <laughs> such said, a great. You saw such that a, one. <laughs> it's such a great ploy. It's such a great. It's such a great. Like I want to say scheme, but not in a not in a, a negative way. To say, hey, we're gonna do some crazy stuff here. Come on in, everybody, mm-hmm. come on in. And then after about five minutes, well, now we're gonna talk about something important. Yeah, like so being addicted so to our point. devices, or you know, the slave trade, or something like that. Like we're gonna get That's into some like deep. You heavy topics here. like it was great but you don't you didn't come here for this but this is what you, so anybody doesn't know ryan came ryan comes up with majority of the topics shout out to ryan i have an excellent partner um he's my partner on that side and our friendship has done nothing but grow and i wouldn't have even i didn't even know that we were going to become as good friends as we've become um That's so but sweet that to one, hear because my friendship with tony has definitely deteriorated through the process of doing this terrible our, our me like i talked to me and ryan ryan lives in las vegas just because I need to be healthier and Ryan's on a health kick, we actually go for, I'll go to the Midway Pliance and walk and we'll just be talking on the phone and come up with ideas on the platform and off the platform and ways to generate income. But, and shout out to him for being a great guy. But for that show, and it was funny when he came up with it and I was like, what am I going to say I will uninvent? I believe I said I would uninvent ships, Tony, because you couldn't, there would be no colonization if there weren't ships. <laughs> So that was what I went. I feel like this is not one for me to laugh at. Uh, you could get your laugh in real quick. It's okay. The 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 blindside punch of it, I gotta admit, that's that's the part that made me laugh. Because Tone, they're on there. I don't know if you've heard this episode, but they're on there talking about uh they're talking about like uninventing like you know preservatives in food or social media or something like that. Like what could you uninvent that would make society better? And then Ken just drops in. I don't invent boats. <laughs> that's, 
That's how, that's it how was just, it, 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 just, it just blindsided me. I just like, I, I wouldn't say I laughed, but I more like kind of coughed, like, <clears throat> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> but it let, but see, it, like, and maybe you were trying, maybe you were kind of going for a joke there or not, but then it, it did definitely uh, progress from there into a very interesting conversation. So like, I, I yeah. appreciate the, uh, the way you guys do that. I think it's a really great idea for a show. We'll see if we end up there today. I don't know if we will. I don't know if we're, I'm sure we're that me and Tony are not as good at that as you are, as you would Ryan, but uh, we came up with some of these that we wanted to try out on you, Ken. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can all get in on this, but uh, if you could live the life of one character from a movie or TV show, who would it be? All right. And I'm going to tell you this one, and this isn't just because you gave me this topic today. This has been something as being an avid comic book reader growing up, um, particularly from probably when I was like, let's just say nine to 14, uh, 15. Then girls took my my my, my lunch money, but I didn't take it, but okay. I was using right. it. To go see <laughs> but but um, uh, so I, I used to, I'm a big Marvel guy. I collect DC. I collected DC comics, but I'm more of a Marvel guy. And when you really get into it, you want to know who is one of the baddest of the bad. And you start to really, I used to have the trading cards. So you could see the ratings of what their powers were, agility, <laughs> abilities, and all that stuff, right? And it hit me, and I went back to somebody back then. And now, it, it, it's funny, if this person hadn't gotten movies, it would sound odd, and people wouldn't really be able to understand why I'm selecting them. It's Doctor Strange. Because he's Ooh. one of the baddest dudes. The guy that like whips his hands around with the yes. lasers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. dude, he okay. can change. He can change time. He can go into different dimensions. He has the bit of, uh, the ability to photo project. Just he can basically. He's a superhero. Superhero to a certain degree. Like there's the limit. There's no real limitations to what he can do. You know, so, so like just he's a he of course we all know he's source of supreme. If he wanted to be stronger, he could be stronger. But he can look any life that he wanted to live, if he was corrupt, he could live it. And he can live it in different dimensions at different Is that times. is that what you're imagining doing with those powers, Ken? You're like what think about I have corruption? Well, no, but you you know what? You have to be honest because you want to steer to good, but you want to have the ability that if you were corrupted, you can do whatever you wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, just to be like, I, I want to, again, like you, and not, you always want to go towards the light, but do what, do you really know what the light is if you've never seen the darkness to a certain degree? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. I would pick Michael Scott from the office tone. Mm. I would want to, I would want to be Michael Scott because Michael Scott does screw everything up all the time, but he doesn't know it in -hmm. his world. He's batting a thousand and he always goes home happy. And that sounds kind of fun. (laughs) Pootie Tang. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. I can see that. (laughs) If you you don't know who Pootie Tang is, is a Chris Rock creation. Um, Pootie Tang could sing. It's a cult classic. Exactly. Yes. Pootie Tang was a superhero. Mm-hmm. Uh, stopped crime, uh, had money, had all the women, like Pootie Tang. Smoking his own language. Smoking his own language, but y- you didn't know what he what he was talking about, but you knew what he meant. Satate, satate. Satate. Tippy, tippy. All right. <laughs> Ken, like if you, Ken, if you could have... Uh, 
if you could have any animal for a pet mm. and the catch is like the stipulation is that whatever animal this is would behave like an average level dog. So you could have a lion and it's not going to do like lion stuff and ruin everything and kill everybody. It's going to behave like basically just like your average dog. What pet, what animal would you want for a pet in that scenario? I'm not an astrology like that, but you just said a lion and I'm a Leo. So of course that crosses my mind, but it hit me and I'm happy that Melvin dropped this on our text thread today. I, outside of a lion, I would want a bear after watching the preview for cocaine bear. I would want a bear to be like, do you know how badass what, I would be? What is that, by the oh, way? I, I've oh, heard of, it's a, it's I've, new- I heard about cocaine bear, but I didn't, I didn't ever follow up and see. This is my life all the time as someone with like Watch work this and preview, kids and all Jason, this stuff. I just hear little up- bits and pieces of stuff like this and then never find out what it actually is. Watch this preview after we get off of here, Jay. This cocaine is, bear. Listen, yeah, it's, it's, it's I'm it, guessing it's I'm, a I'm bear saying- that does cocaine. Jason, so, I, yes. fact, I think I think you might have done like a story here based off that that happened in real life, real life, where a bear consumed and essentially OD'd on cocaine that was dropped from a you know an illegal airplane uh, and just went on a rampage. You so think I, I wrote bear. a story about that? No, no, no. It happened in real life. Okay. All right. You're, are you saying this, he talked okay. about it on here? Yeah, I think you t- you mentioned oh, okay, it on, right. on okay. the, the show. Well, we'll have to check the tape. I don't remember hearing about that. Okay, but so anyway, you want a bear, and you are wanting it to do cocaine, or I don't need to know cocaine. Bear? I don't. Okay, need you my, would like no. a clean bear because I want the right. no, not That's the cocaine. Really I want my bear clean. But it's just yeah. do you, like it's one thing. Of course, I think people think about big cats a lot when you give me this premise. It's like, man, mm-hmm. I want a tiger. I want. A, but dude, something that is is tall, if not taller than them on all fours, but could stand up, it could be six, six and a half, I mean six fives, six eight. Dude, I would be one of the baddest dudes in Chicago. Yeah, in the summer. With... You say what? In the summer. What what what's wrong in the winter? What's they get a hibernate. The they get a hibernate. Oh, I didn't think of well, you know yeah, what? But we got it. We got they it behaving always... like a dog though, Tone. We got it like that's uh, kind of standardized. It's gonna be in my house too. You remember it's gonna I mean, be in my the... house. I mean, b- behavior doesn't change the physio- the you know, the physical aspects of you know. I, I gave up on that word. Uh, the physical aspects of of the bear, like they need to consume so they can sleep. That's what they do. Okay, I'm gonna have to say this. I watch shows like Naked and Afraid, mm-hmm. and um, like uh, like a, a lot of a lot of stuff that's from like the the mountains of Virginia. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So I like a lot of those shows. Appalachia. Those. those Yes, all of I watch I watch all of those shows of like the guys that go out hunting and doing all bears, their hibernation can actually be short. Um, they definitely prefer to hibernate, but it, it's not always fact. But yeah, basically they do want to, but the hibernation can be a shorter period. Tony, if my bear wants to sleep for a couple of months, cool. That that's I go on yeah, vacation. Seriously, I, I wish my dog about. would do that. Right. Like, it'd be cool. But, dude, I still got for 10 months or nine months, I got one of the baddest animals in the world alongside of me. And he's paying attention and doing what I say like an obedient dog was. So I'm going to go with bear on this one. (laughs) That's what I would pick, by the way, would be uh, my dog. If you're promising me that the animal would behave like an average level dog, I would take that just my dog. Like If we can get my dog elevated to average level behavior, that'd be fantastic. What are you picking, Tone? Uh, harpy eagle. Oh, I think the surveillance, uh, the letting me know things like you know traffic or something. 
that'd be dope. Like it, I, I, and I'm thinking also like food. Like I don't know how much it's gonna cost to feed a bear or a big cat. Mm, so I'm well. also thinking like money wise, like okay, what is sustainable but still very cool? If I could get it to act like a dog, and I think a harpy eagle would be dope. Yeah, I didn't factor in how much the cost to feed the bear would be. I got like a raccoon family. No, no, this is going to be like garage that, next see, that's, door. That's where it gets out of control. Bear you got to like, you have to standardize this with like, basically it's the same as a dog. Right. But as far as like care and behavior and stuff like that, you know, because otherwise it's like, yeah, I don't want to have to be going and buying goats every day to feed to my tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Ken. This is serious. <laughs> All right. Ken, do you travel? I used to. We used to travel. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's good kids. enough. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. What was that? I said before I had kids. We used to we we used to be the it couple before you having children. Don't go children. anywhere with the kids. You don't take the kids anywhere. Yeah, we go. We we go. For, we do the Midwest, and we're planning on doing a vacation this spring and this summer is one of those things. So yeah, we, but like, we used to like be young and popping back in the day. The same <laughs> we all, we all did. I mean, I know. Right. Ken, what is the best, uh, quote unquote, situational beer? Like, for example, like not, not the beer itself, but like the best time, like a classic, like time for you to have a beer. Like when, like some people it's like when they're on a flight, mm, what is the best no situation situational beer um i guess for me it would depend on it had been like kicking with a bunch of people trying to celebrate something and they only have beer because like i used to be a big time ip uh ipa person like that i was for years Mm -hmm. that's if i my choice that's what i like all right give me ipa that's what i want and i became a beer snob um, don't bring me that domestic BS. And when I mean domestic, I mean, it has to be, squ- you know, it, I, I would say microbrew, but of course these companies bought those, those microbrews or right, whatever. Right. But yeah, still, like you Goose, get what Goose I'm Island to- is owned by Ex- one of those big companies now. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So you get what I'm trying to say, but it would, it would have to be the higher division for me to rock with it. Don't bring me. I won't say anybody's name on here. No, 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 you can't. We have no beer sponsors. It's fine. I'm, I'm right there with you. Like I'm not drinking like Miller light or something like that. No, I'm not, I'm I'm not pat- drinking. I, I want, like, don't bring good, me to Coors. I want good quality beer. Listen, if you bring me a beer like that, I'm going to stay sober. Now, I mean, I don't drink to get drunk anyway, but I'm not drinking it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't need it. I can wait till I get home and I'm going to drink some whiskey. But um, for me, if if we're in a situation and all they have is a beer, give me an IPA. Give me some. Oh, no, no. You know what I like? I like that barreled, um, that beer that they put in like the whiskey barrels with the, oh, okay. the real high APV. Because yeah. if I get two of them, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's <laughs> right. that's what I'm here. I'm not here to consume yeah. carbs for no reason and pound and pound and pound. I want to buzz and I don't want my stomach to, be able to feel bloated. If you can get me there, I'm good to go. So Is anything th- like that where people are kind of celebrating, that's that would be my 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 beer of choice to answer your question. Is there any other situation where you're like, oh, like this is beer time? Like if you're at a Sox game, if you're at a baseball game or something like that, like yeah, is it automatic exactly. like that's you're it. you're gonna grab that, a beer? Sox game. To be honest okay. with you, that's it. A Sox game. But I had to. But you you spend so much money. Like when I oh, first yeah. started going back to Sox oh, yeah. games. I would dog. I would get like three beers and I think about just that's how fifty much bucks. And and tipping, right? So bucks. like now I either don't drink 
when I go to Sox games or I'll have one beer is what I usually do. Do you want to not to? Well, yeah, to go on a tangent. Do you want to know what like my good uh, like cheap dad move is about baseball games? Yeah, because it's expensive. It's expensive to take your kid like family of four and you want to sit even like decent seats. I mean, yes. fortunately, like Sox games are really easy to get. Whereas a Sox family and like it's easy to get tickets and they're not that expensive compared to some other things you could go to. But it's still going to be well over 100 bucks for four people to go to a game and park and whatever. So that what I do, and I don't know how much longer I can get away with this before my kids figure it out. I tell the kids, these games are at seven o'clock. Like the kids are ready for dinner before that. We will eat anywhere you want for dinner, anywhere you want. And they're like, oh, man, this is amazing. And I know that they're just going to pick like Wendy's or Chick-fil-A or something that can easily <laughs> You guys, it's up to you guys. You guys pick anywhere you want. We'll stop on the way in and we'll, that's where we'll eat. And then I buy them like a whatever treat they want at the game. So I get out. That's a good cheap dad move. I like that one. I'm going I'm to use that one. I'm going to use that one. I feel like uh, the two times where I automatically feel like this is I need a beer in my hand is for some reason, whenever I finish a day of all yard work, no matter what time of year it is, whether it's that fall yard work, like out there in the 40 degrees raking or the summer yard work where you're sweating all day, it's like, this is beer in the driveway time. The other time, and people will think I'm making this up probably uh, just to be sarcastic and mean, but uh, when I get home from a Bears game. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not this way this season exactly, but like, when you sit through year after year of every game is 17 to 12, <laughs> you drive home and you're me, like, man. It follows you. That's it's, about, a- it's about beer 30 right now. That's that's something that followed you from Miami. Like yeah. Miami was bad when you were there. And then you left and then they got yeah. amazing. And now At the this, Bears. This year, like the Bears are about to go maybe three and 14. <laughs> and this will be the most interesting NFL season I've ever covered. Because it's been, it's weirdly been interesting, even though they might end up being three and 14. But before that, Ken, I, from 2016 through 18 covering the Dolphins and 2019 through last year covering the Bears, it was six years of the same just slop every Sunday. <laughs> Tony, what about you, man? When, when is like, when is the time oh, where you're, when is the time where you're like, I oh. got to crack open an A&W or a Sprechers right now? There's always a time <laughs> for a good root beer you feel me you understand me there is not a i will i will have a root beer driving i will have a root beer uh, at night i will have a root beer for breakfast i'll have it driving you better not do that especially if it's like in a bottle that's not gonna be a good one man especially a good one in in a bottle right you know the can still suffice you know i'm a barks guy myself but man you get to a good beer root from a from a bottle, a nice cold chilled bottle that a beer, you know was, a beer of was, root? was premium. He definitely did. He definitely crafted, did. Micro crafted, <laughs> as as Ken was saying, like ah, uh, is 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 nothing like it. Ah, uh, it's my it's my favorite drink of all time, next to water. <laughs> okay, so at any time. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I pre- Real quick, I'll have a root beer I after I peed the previous root beer out. <laughs> All right, Tone. Ken Davis is about to get introduced into some bullshit. Hit the button. This is bullshit. 
time to call out the world's hypocrisies with bullshit. High quality bullshit. <laughs> World class designer bullshit. To be sure. Bullshit. Presented by Sheets and Giggles. They just say whatever they think will interest the audience or make it appear that they know what they're talking about. And what comes out is bullshit. You love Tony, the producer, don't you, Ken? Oh, boy, that has 670 written all. I could see that. Like <laughs> I feel like I'm watching that. That was some Boards and Bernstein stuff just right there. That's fantastic. I'm telling you, man, when this guy tries, it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I Call Bullshit is our weekly segment where we call bullshit on something in or out of sports. Uh, and it is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA and you will automatically get $230 off their new mattress. It is amazing. It's sustainable and, and well-made and all those things that you want to know about, but uh, it also is incredibly comfortable. Perfect level of firmness, perfect level of comfort. Like You will instantly sleep better sleeping on this mattress, and you can get $230 off. It's a pretty good discount. I don't think you're finding a lot of places that are giving you that much money free at checkout. You just have to go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. That's our link. And you'll get $230 off the new mattress. We're calling bullshit on the Vikings. The Vikings are nine and two, and that's the part I'm calling bullshit on. Uh, they're not actually serious. I mean, they're good. This is the Vikings for the last, what, 10 years? Really, really good regular season team. Maybe not really, really good, but good regular season team. Nobody takes these guys seriously, though. They're nine and two. Uh, do you know what their point differential is, Ken, at nine and two? Do you want to take a guess what it would be at nine and two? Um, I would say the point differential is max three and a half points. If that, the, oh, it, it, well, it's it's plus. No, no, five. I'm sorry. I think per game. Oh, so you're no, saying no. over as far as? Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. That would be wonderful for them. That would be plus thirty or so. It's plus five. They are nine really? and two, and they are at plus five. The Jaguars, for example, are at like plus twelve. Okay. Gotcha. This is, this so we're is talking not an, about the totality of points. Margin, margin of, versus, yeah, yes. Margin of they victory. Are, they, my bad, they are my not, bad. the Vikings are not top 10 in any category, any statistical category that you care about. Uh, Kirk Cousins is having, he has right now the career low for him in passer rating, and he's 34 years old. So that's not like that he's not on his way up. Um, the 49ers, Cowboys, and Eagles are all favored ahead of them on BetMGM right now to win the NFC. It should be. And it's like, this is common sense. If anybody's watched Kirk Cut, listen, you know what I believe in? Justin Jefferson or a healthy Dalvin Cook. Yeah, a a healthy Dalvin Cook. Outside, Adam Thielen, if he wasn't older, I would give more props to. But like, dude, I I was talking to somebody, I was on somebody's show last night. And it's it's not a knock on him in the jury, but I'm not believing in Kirk Cousins ever in the day uh, in my life. And he's the real flaw for me as far as why I would never believe on that team, even with the the, the best, some of the better skill players that they have on the outsides. He's he's fine, but he's not gonna. You're not gonna really win with Kirk Cousins. You're not gonna do real right. meaning. You can you can certainly probably go ten and six every year if you're happy with that this year they're nine and two because green bay has fallen off and the bears and lions aren't really trying it's interesting to think about where the that division is going to go ken because it's always gone through green bay in my lifetime it's always gone through green bay and that looks like maybe that's wrapping up we thought that before and then it wasn't true 
but it's not like the Vikings have a hold on that. I mean, the Bears are rebuilding. The Lions are always rebuilding. But the right. Vikings feel like they're going to be rebuilt. Even at nine, it sounds silly to say about a team that's nine and two, but they're going to be rebuilding. They're going to hit reset at quarterback, which is rebuilding. I'll, go ahead, Tony. No, 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 you go, okay. I, look, it's funny when you say that. You know the team, and this is going to sound wild, that um, I guess Green Bay, if the defense is, is – the, if that defense, when you look at the names on the list – in the future, in the upcoming seasons, play like that. And let's just say if they move off, even though the dead cap money this year doesn't seem like it, it even makes sense to move off of Aaron Rodgers, but let's just say hypothetically they did. Um, you still look at if Jordan Love was going to be good or not. I'm going to tell you this. If the Lions got a quarterback, I know their defense sucks. If the Lions got a quarterback to go with that offensive line, Man, and I'd never believe anything about the Lions. They have to do it to, to prove it to me. But they're, with the Bears having so many holes, it's great that Justin seems like he could become a superstar if he can win from the pocket. But with the Lions having that offensive line, I'm like, dude, if they figured it out. Like when I watch them, I just be thinking back of it, but I'm like, but then I tell myself, they're the Lions. They never do. <laughs> figure it out, right? Like it's <laughs> – but you know what? We thought that, and, and this is going to sound silly because they still haven't won a championship, but we should think that about the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? And and, and the Clippers ended up, what, in 2021 yep. in the Western Conference Finals. Like, teams that we used to really bash as being the bottom tier for the most. Dude, I grew up where, and again, you're closer in age than me, the, 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 the uh, creamsicle uh, – um, Bet, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, they were the joke and the laughing stock. And then finally, and I say this to Tony Dungy every time we get him on the show. Finally, when they start getting good, they realign the divisions and put them in the South. And we can't watch the, when they're actually a good team. The Tampa Bay Bucks, but the Tampa Bay Bucks used to be worse than the Lions were, basically. Yeah. And, and again. I have to see it to believe it, but those teams that are just sorry suckers, it's occasionally they do have their day, but I'm with you. This division does look like it can be open uh, moving forward, depending on what happens in Green Bay. There's no bullshit to call on the Lions. The Lions are the Lions, and they'll always be the Lions. The bullshit that we're calling is on the Vikings. I Call Bullshit is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Check out all the sheets they got there, man. Check out that, those silky smooth 100% eucalyptus sheets. Get those on your bed. Get those for somebody for Christmas. They're going to love it. Uh, get those flannel sheets, though, too. They have a hybrid eucalyptus cotton flannel. I'm definitely putting those on my bed now that it has just plunged into Arctic temperatures here in Chicago. Uh, but if you want the mattress, it's super comfortable. Perfect level of firmness. Tony loves it. Tony does a lot more than sleep on that mattress. Blow and you get back two- out, dummy. You can get 200. I'm not even here for that. <laughs> you can get, get $230 off applied automatically if you go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Nobody wants to hear about um, uh, about partner sex. Like, who be like, tell me about how you be doing that to your wife. Nobody wants to hear that mess. Like, what's that? Like, nobody keep that to yourself. Right? What's Nobody's. Gr- What's great is that Tony has been talking about it like that since before it happened. Oh. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to prom- promote the mattress product. All right. He knows. I'm, oh my speak Lord, it into existence. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> like my parents talking about it. Like, say Tony, that? leave all that in, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> 
Ken, would you like to hear the news we didn't get to today? Sure, please go right ahead. Are you familiar with Odell Beckham? Yes, I do. Yes, I am, rather. A lot going on with Odell Beckham right now. Um, Odell Beckham might be someone that would be better served uh, road tripping than flying. Uh, On a flight from Miami to LAX the other day, uh, he had to be removed from the plane, and there's a lot of controversy back and forth. There's his side. There's the flight attendant's side. Uh, They're saying that he was in and out of consciousness, and he was not responsive when they're asking him to put his seatbelt on. He's saying that he was sleeping and he would have put his seatbelt on when it was time to. And this his, his rep is saying this is an overzealous flight attendant. Uh, there was no arrest. I think that's kind of the final score to this. Like if yeah. you get pulled off a plane and you deserve to be pulled off a plane, you're getting arrested. And he was not arrested. So I think that's the final resolution to this. But uh, he will be on planes coming up again soon. He is visiting with the Giants on Thursday. And the Bills on Friday, Dallas Cowboys on Monday. I guess maybe the Chiefs are out. I know the Chiefs were in on him at one point. The Ravens, the Packers. I'm sure he's not wasting his time with a team like the Packers or the Ra- or the uh, the Rams that have fallen out of the standings here. But um, everybody wants him, and he was good last year. We saw him catch a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. Where would you go if you were him, Ken? I would probably end up, and I don't necessarily – I think this year would be the only year that they have a chance. I'll probably end up in Dallas. Um, I never I, – I, I, Dallas always seems like there's one puzzle piece missing, and I'm not saying he's the puzzle piece. I think Dak needs weapons to be the Dak that they're paying him to be. He needs he needs everything to be poor standard. And, and I'm not dissing Michael Gallup, but I think Michael Gallup needs to be his three rather than being his two, or even depending on where you're placing C.D. Lamb, because C.D. Lamb still to this degree isn't an 88 the way that an 88 is. But people forget Des Bryant wasn't an 88 for the first couple of years before he really started clicking in as far as that number and what it's supposed to mean as far as if you're a cowboy. So I think he would really help the cowboys. To me, and I've thought about this, why go back – to the Maras and the Giants, when they they cast you aside, like you could say it was the general manager, you were one of the biggest stars in the NFL, and they felt that you were a problem. And they may feel that again. And I know you love New York and all the trappings that come along with New York, but I would say you're probably better off. And also, I think it's contract-wise. When you're saying like Kansas City, we know there's only so much money Kansas City is going to pay him because they're like, yo, we it'd be cool if you was here, but I'm not going to pay you, pay you. And I know even Jerry's talked about it being Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, has talked about it being reasonable. So I think the Cowboys, the star, all that would give him the stage that he would prefer. So I would say that he should probably go and play with the Cowboys. I'd want to go to the Chiefs. I'd want to take, especially if I was him and had made as much money as he has on and off the field, I would be really more concerned with how enjoyable it is. And it'd be very enjoyable to play for the Chiefs, I feel like, especially as a wide receiver. I think going to the Giants, they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And D- Dallas is one of those teams like the Vikings. Like, I never – everyone's always surprised when Dallas turns out to be just kind of okay. Everyone's always shocked by that. It's like, how many years in a row can you be shocked by that? So if I was going to pick out of the teams that he's visiting, I think I'd pick the Bills. That looks like – and not that I would really Chiefs. love live, living there, but – well, I don't think he's considering the Chiefs. I would, I would. Okay, but out of the three, it sounds like he's going to visit the Giants, okay. Bills, okay. and Cowboys. I think I would, Ooh. I would take the Bills for half a season and see if I could win a title. Uh, Tone, big football news coming up this weekend, uh, or this week rather. Uh, Deshaun Watson 
is reinstated practicing and will start against the Houston Texans. Um, this was coming for a long time. We knew this would happen. He served his suspension. What do you think about his return to the NFL? Um, just another reminder of, you know, he, he's going to be a pariah. That's who, that's what I'm going to attach to him forever. Um, no matter what he does as a Cleveland Brown, um, he can win championships. He can break records. I will always remember Deshaun Watson for that. And I don't think we should forget all that came with Deshaun Watson leading up to him being a Cleveland Brown uh, and their quarterback. Um, Again, this could be coincidence that they gave him this amount of games where his first game back is against his former team. Um, There's going to be a lot of people watching. In Houston. In Houston. Yep, in Houston. Um, there's going to be it's, – it's going to do numbers. It's going to do numbers. It's going to be a, a, a national game. I'm, I'm sure everybody in the country will have the means to watch that game. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they broadcast this game, knowing what's around it. The victims were are supposed to uh, be there uh, at, at the game. Uh, I'm interested to see how the how the NFL handles it how uh, the broadcast team handles it um, and then how, how the game goes. And then, you know, we can talk about it afterward. Maybe things will go back to normal. Then we start doing week to week stuff uh, with, you know, normal NFL coverage coverage with, uh, with the Browns, but man, it's just, it's just weird. It's just weird having him play football still. It is weird to me to imagine Ken, like him winning a Super Bowl next year or something like that. And you've got, You've got the commissioner of the league. You've got the the game that everybody watches, and you've got him handing the trophy to Deshaun Watson. Like, how is that gonna? Is that gonna feel normal to us? But I I don't think that everyone's gonna stay on this forever. Like I Tony, I kind of think we're all gonna forget about it. Not you specifically or me specifically, but collectively. Like I I kind of think that everyone will generally move on from this next season. Mm. I feel like depending on how he performs to go along with what you're saying, Jason, that if he's go- if he's uh, if he plays the way that he played in Houston with lesser talent, with the Browns, with a better team around him, a better roster around him, that we will start hearing less and less. People will mention it, but it'll be a bit part and it'll be more about what he's doing for that team, just because that's kind of how we see how society goes. If you're, quote unquote, a winner. Um, which is sad. Uh, and I, I don't mean to bring anybody else into this um, because it's just like I'm just, you know, trying to obfuscate off of uh, Deshaun Watson. But I was I was always happy after this came out that out of all the things that Ryan Pace didn't do, he didn't draft him because I, I think about how conflicted I would have felt thinking about how scummy these these accusations, quote unquote, and it, I mean, you get that many. They really don't seem like accusations. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. It's a stain on your team it's staying on your city like it's gross watching the people of cleveland clamor for this guy totally. I, I just as a point of fact like ryan pace was saved by his own incompetence because right. Right. on the yeah. field on the field it's absolutely the guy he should address oh mm-hmm. if, if yeah that was the that was the layup because Patrick that was Mahomes, the easy one 
that's the thing when you coming out of Texas Tech, and it's not like talk, Ryan Pace knew something back then, like correct. about all of this. He, correct. He got he was very fortunate. But it reminds me of my friends that are Steeler fans, and I mean the and it's, let me just clear it: the accusations that were uh, on Ben Roethlisberger weren't as detailed, or were, there weren't as many. Right. There were several as. The, the, twenty-seven, the, 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 the double, the double dozens that we have with Deshaun Watson, um, but I, it's, it just makes me feel like, is there? And, and I don't. This is about Deshaun Watson and him being just uh, seemingly a terrible human being, but it, it makes you feel like, man, is society ever going to be what we would hope is really truly supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Because you begin to accept this is just what it is, and that if you have pedigree, privilege. Um, you can do something for someone that they can rate that over what you've done, that you're going to be able to get away with some of those worst things that you can do to other people um, here in this society. So that's kind of how I feel about it. I think it'll be a big thing. And I find it funny when you say that. I wonder how measured, Tony, they're going to be because he still is an NFL product. And we know how they want to, quote unquote, protect the shield. So at first, I do think that they will mention and perhaps show those the victims. But I think it'd be in a measured way to make sure that isn't after a second the biggest thing because they wanted to get back to football eventually, in my opinion. I think that the broadcast will go in on him pretty well because the league the league is not like on Deshaun Watson's side in any of this. Deshaun Watson is not a good thing for the NFL, and so they won't mind. And and the NFL has a lot of influence on these broadcasts. Like they won't mind the CBS broadcasters going in on him in that game. But I just don't, I think there's only so long that people are going to stay. People don't care about anything for very long. So I think at some point this is just going to kind of fade into the background and, you know, next year, next season, we won't really be talking about this. I I don't think, but I admire the victims for going and I, and I think it's maybe like 10 or so that I, I, I read are planning to go to this game in Houston and they're doing so out of the purpose of, saying like, hey, we're still here and we matter and we shouldn't just be brushed under the rug like how I'm saying society is pretty much going to do probably. Um, and I think that that is, I think that resonates with me. Like, I feel like they are making a pretty loud statement. I feel like that's not just, uh, that's not just nothing that they're going to be there. Um, I have some uh, some less serious football news to discuss with you. Uh, Ken, did you watch the uh, Eagles Packers Sunday night? Yeah, I did. Pretty decent Sunday night football game. Uh, Eagles are 10-1, and one, standing atop the entire NFL right now. Uh, they had a great quarterback sneak, great QB sneak with Jalen Hurts on fourth and two in that game. And, man, did people love, especially Tony, how Chris Collinsworth described it. And now, Tony Gill reads. Kenneth Davis, what's going on, man? Tony Gill with glasses in the building. How you doing, man? I'm well. How are you? I am excellent, man. It's, you're shining. You're shining like the light. <laughs> All right. Let's get to it. Chris. We have to we we can't play the actual clips because we don't have licensing from NBC or whoever. Correct. So that's how this came out of a way of how can we use these clips from broadcasts or interviews or whatever mm-hmm. uh, legally, and it's to have Tony read them. And Tony, turn it Tony into this thing, Ken. 
I'm sorry. Yeah. Not okay. So the whole deal with him is like, this is a different person than the Tony Gill that we've been talking to for the past hour. Okay. I love it. It doesn't, I mean, I don't, but let's go on. <laughs> well, thank you, Jason, for that uh, incredible introduction. Appreciate being back on the show. Chris Collinsworth describing Eagles offensive lineman pushing Jalen Hurts through the line of scrimmage on a QB sneak Sunday against the Packers. <clears throat> All right, here we go. This is a double cheek push here. Yo, now when he goes off that way, sometimes you only get a single cheek. But that's what they do. They submarine underneath, and then they try to get the double cheek push going, and it works all the time. You just shove him right forward like that. That's the way they describe it to me. I'm just regurgitating. <laughs> yeah, I, I was amazed when he when I when they when they when I saw that and saw the demonstration of the backs pushing him through uh, the line of scrimmage. Um, hey, I guess. So, it's so great I, when you happen to see that because mm-hmm. like a lot of times something like this happens and I'll just see a clip of it later. And that's how I find out about it. It, it just so happened that I had this game on in my hotel room Sunday night after the bears game and caught that part of it. <laughs> how much root beer did you spill spit out of your mouth? When you said that? <laughs> no, 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 first, I mean, that's just, and, and, and I got this from Ken because we, we, we watched the combine and you know how they do the underwear Olympics and right. got to measure the tookish to see just how much power can be generated from there. And just in, from, from what I researched, Jalen hurts, like bench, like not bench press, but squats, like 600 pounds. Yeah, so that's a, that's a strong tookish right there. That's, that's, that's 300 per cheek, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> I was very is he, is he cheeked up. Is that what cheeked I, up means? Double, I double cheeked up, up on, a Tuesday. <laughs> on a Tuesday. I never, I never thought about splitting the the pound liftage by cheek. I never in my. That makes sense though. It totally makes sense. I didn't. I, okay, I get that Ken, math. You that math is mathing. Yeah, you did great on the math there, Tone. Uh, <laughs> does Collinsworth know what he's doing when he when he says that, Ken? Yes. Oh, okay. And the funny a, thing is. Okay. When he said the double, it made me think. I was like, he he really knew when he did the double doink. I was like, because when he was like, he doubled it up. I was like, he's he's really playing into this. Um, <laughs> listen, it's better than some other stuff I heard this week by a Chicago basketball player commenting on something that I don't even want to touch on this bad boy. Um, it's it's funny and it's lighthearted and it's nothing wrong with talking about double cheeked up for the most part it was funny um and i think sometimes especially with something like sports as long as it's not being derogatory it's okay you know to have a little levity with the situation like that i found it i found it to be cute so you, you think he's like kind of winking at us when he's doing this? yes that was okay. definitely right. a, that was a wink like like why not like it's, especially the, like the type think about the type of stuff we see today on social media and he can't talk about double cheeks you know what i'm saying like we we live in, in, in such a vile place right where like the type of stuff that's allowed like saying double like he didn't he didn't it, it wasn't you know crass i mean some people have been maybe feel like it was low brow but it, it was cute i, th- I think one I, of those people might be mike tarico i don't think mike tarico loved that <laughs> I feel you. I, 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 I questioned it myself. Oh, he, I was waiting. I was waiting. <laughs> Tony's, I was waiting. Favorite, Tony's favorite broadcaster. <laughs> uh. 
I could go into so many different lands, and I'm not going to touch on that. Oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> uh, Elon Musk is still uh, burning Twitter to the ground. That's going great. Um, and now Apple is among the many companies pulling advertising dollars from Twitter amid its destruction. Uh, and it, it turns out Elon Musk doesn't like that. He doesn't like uh, some guy running a company deciding to do whatever they want, including taking their money away from him. Uh, he's gone after Apple CEO Tim Cook with a bunch of tweets and claiming that uh, Apple is also threatening to keep Twitter out of the App Store. And uh, we're rooting for this thing to fall apart at this point, aren't we? Aren't we all yeah. like rooting for Twitter to collapse and then we'll just we'll wait we'll wait a year for the next Twitter whatever it's going to be Mastodon or whoever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm just waiting for it. Like as soon as hey, oh this this app isn't working properly, we shut it down temporarily, and then temporarily we'll return to permanently. So yeah, I think he's he's definitely on it. Twitter's definitely on its way down, and I'm I'm here to see it crash and burn. When how? Because people have been saying that for the last month, if not three months. But when do you expect this? Just just three or four weeks ago, it was the next day it it was going to be gone and over with. When do you expect this to take place? Because personally, I think is I think it'll sputter. And some people are so addicted to Twitter they won't be able to really let it go, let it go for it to really die. Uh, a, a really good and clean death, in my opinion. Mm, they said that about MySpace too, Ken. I Ooh. think it's going to be when we all get that invoice in our uh, email box for the blue check, $8 a month. Uh, I can tell you I won't be paying that. No, never. All right. I can, I feel you. Even, you know what? But I'll push back on that. Um, social media was in its infancy for the most part back then. And again, it's this is an apples to oranges comparison. I feel like Twitter is like the big three or big four when it comes to automotives almost. Now, the country isn't going to sustain Twitter. It's not that important. But I feel like the people that will still go there will keep it alive a lot longer than it should be, especially if there's not a place for them to go. Because some people, like, for instance, there will be. There There will be, though. There definitely will be. I go there to read, but I don't go there to post. So for me, I I could basically deal without Twitter. There are people like, for instance, we we did an interview with Dominic Foxworth um, mm-hmm. yesterday that was posted, right? And as soon as it posted, someone's comment came in, and I turned to Af and I was like, "Why did they even have to post?" Like me personally, but I'm older. I don't feel that just because there's a platform for me to say whatever I need to say that I should say it, uh, yeah. because where I came from. You know, and I know it doesn't happen on this. You may get punched in your face. Now, I'm not really that worried about getting punched in my face, you know, but still there was a certain decorum when it came to there's certain things and there's certain ways that you go about your day. And I feel like some people are extremely addicted to that and addicted to doing it on Twitter. And they're going to sustain Twitter a lot longer than it would have been if it wasn't as popular. I know it doesn't generate money, but just those people loving that place and what it means to them may keep it going longer than it would be if they weren't as addicted to it as they are. Do you remember when uh, Blockbuster was the titan of the entertainment <laughs> industry? <laughs> correct. Correct. I mean, just more recently and more like apples to apples closer. Like there was a time where it's like, who's going to ever knock down Netflix and Netflix is bleeding money all the time. And, you know, content wise, you have, HBO Max is better. A lot of people prefer Disney Plus over the stuff they've got on Netflix for their kids. Like these things don't 
usually last forever. I never believed in Netflix. I always found the Netflix was Netflix was odd to me because I unless they had a movie that perhaps I want to watch, I didn't really watch the series. So Netflix mm. never really consumed me like, you know, it consumes up like and everything you're saying is facts. I'm just still saying I, I still think it'd be around a tad bit longer than it would be if people weren't as addicted to it as what they were. But like you say, you know, just like the dinosaur and the dodo, it can be out of here at any time. And finally, Ken, uh, animals get inside your house. It happens. You get mice. We were dealing with mice at my house right now. That's a lot of fun. Uh, but usually it's not a moose. Hmm. Firefighters in Soldatna, Alaska, got called in to remove a one-year-old moose from the basement of a home Sunday morning. Uh, apparently this moose was eating some plants near the house and fell in through one of those basement window wells, mm -hmm. crashed through the grass, uh, through the glass. Cause it's a massive animal. And uh, what do you do? What do you do when there's a moose in your basement? I guess if you're in Alaska, you're a little more like, you know, experienced with what do you do with a moose or a bear or whatever else lives in Alaska. Alaska seems like a really dangerous place to live, to even visit. Yeah. Uh, so they tranquilize this thing, no problem. That's the easy part. The fire department comes out, they tranquilize the moose. Uh, but then how do you get it out of a basement? It's 500 pounds. And, th and they're lucky it was just a uh, one-year-old. Maybe, because yeah. They get a lot bigger. Uh, they used a transport tarp that is usually used as like a stretcher for, uh, quote, larger humans. It took six men to carry the 500-pound moose out on this tarp. Uh, so they, they brought it out. They, while it was sedated or it was, it was never totally like out. I saw pictures of this thing, Ken, and they're, they're carrying the moose out and it looks like it's just kind of riding along, looking out, looking around like mm, I'm a moose being carried by people. This is great. Uh, so they stitched it up. It had a little cut on one of its legs from going through the grass and they gave it what they described as a, like a counteractive to the tranquilizer, which I don't, I don't know what that'd be. Maybe this is cocaine moose. Uh, <laughs> and then they let it go and it just like ran off into the trees and it was fine that was it um it sounds to me and i, I hit me mountain man is one of the shows that i prefer um how tasty and i could I, I'm, I'm sorry if i disrespect anybody how tasty is moose meat who are you disrespecting the, like the people moose, that are listening community? to this who not the moose community but pe people okay. that perhaps will look at a moose isn't something that you eat um, I, oh, I my first, I, man, my first thought was, how, what's that moose steak going for right now? Yeah. Um, clearly he came into my basement. He's ready to go. Um, if, if you say that the thing is five, I'm being honest with you. I would want the thing to live and get out of my house. 500 pounds. I'm going to make a joke and comment that perhaps that this moose was sacrificing himself and we should do him solid and get him in the freezer and and chop that moose up and, and, and get them just right, me personally, to be honest with you. I, I'll try it. Tone, find out if people eat moose. Do some producing. Look that up for a second. Yeah, I I'm all for it, Ken. You want to cook up some moose ribs or something like that? I, I people do. People, people eat moose. Yeah. That's the thing. You did not look that up. I didn't have to. I, 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 you I just know. You just yeah, know, know that people eat moose. Yes, people right. eat moose. I'll just trust that, sure. I would guess that they do, though. People eat deer. Yeah, I think they do. I think I've seen them with the antlers on their backs and carrying it. I think they do. But again, it's in my, it, it, look, it'll be different if this thing weighed 150 pounds. You just said a one year old 500. 500 pounds. Yeah. Dude, I, look, I took care of my grandmother and my great aunt. 
when my grandmother didn't want to help, you know how you, we've all done this when we were younger, whatever, when you don't want someone to lift you and you sit down and it's, you so right. you make yourself heavier or denser or whatever. Yeah. Is, goes going on. Yeah. And I remember it, it, me and my brother wanted to quit because she just wouldn't help us lift her. We were so tired and she may have weighed, 160 170 i mean i don't think she weighed 170 and you're talking about a 500 pound moose and you think i'm about to go through heavens and earths when this thing silly this silly ass moose decided to crash into my basement through the recessed well window no i'm gonna think about it i'm not i may not do it (laughs) i'm definitely gonna think about it Tony, find me find me a good moose recipe while I uh, get through some ad reads here. That's the news, by the way. You're all caught up. Uh, our show is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. As always, you can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. That's our special link for our listeners, and you'll get $230 off their new mattress. No promo code needed. Pick out some sheets there, man. Get somebody, get, get a, a wife or a sibling or a parent or somebody. Get somebody some great, silky smooth, soft, comfortable, Beautiful looking sheets from Sheets and Giggles. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Sports Jason is also brought to you by BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app or go to betmgm.com and use our promo code adjacent200. That'll get you this deal where you bet $10 on any NFL game. And as long as either team scores a touchdown in that game, you win $200 in free future bets. They've also got NBA, NHL, college football, the bowl season. That's all going on. There's tons that you can find to do at BetMGM. But if you bet a football game, make sure you use our promo code adjacent200 to get that deal. $200 in free future bets uh, if either team scores a touchdown. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. What do you got, Tone? I got moose roast with bacon. My first guess was that this was going to be some kind of stew. Oven baked <laughs> moose roast. Uh, so you're going to make a burger with, from what I'm saying, you can, you can just do it like any other meat. It's got to tenderize it probably. Just needs probably. Probably. So it's probably just like beef. Time. You just mm-hmm. burgers, steaks. Yep. You even get some moose milk if you, if you like your thing. But yeah, <laughs> everything's listed. T-bone. <laughs> that I'm roast. not doing. Ribeye. I'm not drinking the moose milk. Yeah, we're, we're going to harvest. Sauce. We're going to harvest that bad, buddy. I'm yeah, sorry. You can, you can do anything that you can do with a cow. Apparently, you can do it with a moose. Okay. Find us a place where we can get some moose meat, Tone, and we'll try it on the show. Okay? <laughs> uh, you can turn in an expense report for that moose meat. <laughs> Ken Davis, thank you so much for joining us, man. You were fantastic. You guys can catch Ken Davis over at NBC Sports Chicago on the Under Center podcast. You can see him Wednesdays at 5.30 on TV over at NBC Sports Chicago. And you can also get the That uh, that Davis Show um, on Apple Podcasts. Ken, this was awesome. Thoroughly enjoyed it, man. Thank you. I appreciate you all having me on. I look forward to anytime you want to have me come on in the future and also extending the Olive Branch on my independent show to have you guys on to talk some silliness. Um, Everybody have a great one. And um, look forward again to uh, just talking a little bit of bears or talking whatever. But I appreciate you guys having me on. This was a fun time. It was fun for us, too. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.